podcast talking all things health technology and NHS IT. Welcome to Digital Health Unplugged. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Digital Health Unplugged. I'm your host, Jordan Soloff, junior news reporter at Digital Health, and I'm thrilled that joining me on the podcast this week, we have Saffron Cordery, Deputy Chief Executive at NHS Providers. Saffron, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the podcast and chat to me and our listeners. How are you, first of all? I'm really well, thank you, and it's my total pleasure to be here, Jordan. Really glad to have you. Um, let's get straight into it then and I want to start by talking about the Digital Boards Programme, which we know has been a, a great success so so far. For any of our listeners that maybe aren't, aren't familiar with, with the programme, what is the Digital Boards Programme and why was it introduced? So thanks for asking about the Digital Boards Programme because we are really proud of this programme and we see it as kind of one of the jewels in our crown. Um, the programme came from a a need to really, we identified a need to support trust boards in their digital development and digital transformation journeys. So essentially, the the Digital Boards Programme is a development programme, which is delivered in partnership with a digital transformation agency, Public Digital. Maybe some of your listeners have have come across them. And we deliver this free for all provider trusts because we've been funded by Health Education England and NHSX as part of their digital readiness programme. So they've supported us to deliver this programme to trust boards. And it's really important that that the programme is free of charge because it means that all trusts are are able to um, access the programme should they wish to. And what we try and do with the programme is is support trusts um, by using different kinds of board resources, webinars, peer learning sessions and board development sessions so that they can really increase their understanding of the changes that are being brought about by digital in in health and care and also to increase their confidence and capability as boards to harness the opportunities that digital provides and i think it's really important to remember that um for some boards having leadership of an area where they don't have the necessary knowledge or background is can be incredibly challenging. So what we want to be able to do is is to boost that confidence and that capability so that board members can ask the right questions, can ask the right, can kind of put out there the right challenges so that they get, so that they really understand what their organisation needs to do and what it is doing. And, and as you said, it's something that you're really proud of and it, and it seems like it's, it's been really successful so far. So what have kind of been the main achievements and successes of the programme so far and, and what have you learned from it? So in terms of the the achievements of the programme, I think our reach is one of the big achievements. So we've delivered over 50 bespoke whole board development sessions so far and that's quite an undertaking particularly when you think about the fact that we started this programme as a face-to-face programme and then just as we were kicking off Obviously, the pandemic came along, so we had to pivot to um, digital delivery, which for a digital program kind of is is 
in a way an exemplar of where we need to be going but yeah. it's not without its investment and time to actually pivot to digital delivery so 50 bespoke whole board development sessions we've actually through the program in its different ways we've engaged with more than a hundred more than a thousand board members across 193 trusts so far and if you wow. think about the fact that there are only 213 trusts we have we've nearly got across all of them and what we've done is produced a range of resources such as a digital download series looking at different topics digital inclusion, getting close to the user experience are two of those, plus guides to being um, effective leaders in, in the digital arena. And they're all published online. And our fifth leadership guide is currently being developed and it's aiming to provide practical tips for successful digital delivery and implementation. And we're expecting that to come in early May. Um, and I think one of just one of the other achievements is is facilitating peer to peer learning and helping people share best practice, because we know that one of the best ways to learn, one of the best ways to adapt and improve your behavior is to look at what others are doing and and to really apply their learning and their knowledge to your to your situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And- Looking forward, then, what kind of what's next for the Digital Boards program? What are your kind of future plans and aspirations for it? I think that um, we are actually heading into the third and final year of Digital Boards, and and we really want to carry on that really good engagement with Trust Boards and to support them to achieve their digital priorities and to tackle some of the the most pressing challenges and to actually build on the learning that that we've developed to date so i think that it's probably worth just going over some of the messages that have come out of the program because they are i think have been really important to boards so what's come through is that digital is way more than just the technology it's about how you focus on changing and adapting your services and digital is no longer the preserve of the IT department and it's critical that this is collectively owned by the board that it needs to inhabit the same space as say the quality and finance finance agendas and that overall the the digital user experience is fundamental and involving patients, involving service users and involving staff in in co-designing services is from the outset is absolutely fundamental. So in a way, digital is no different to any other part of service development and service delivery. You've got to involve those people who will be using it. So I think that um, in terms of what we've learnt, we really want to... Um, build on that and build on the fundamental investment that that people have been making in their digital teams. So our future plans will look at exploring the relationship between digital transformation and quality improvement methodologies and looking at how trusts might be able to better align this work and capitalise on their existing transformation capability. So where they already got improvement programmes in place, how do we kind of make sure that digital fits into that? Um, We want to make sure that that trusts are in the best possible place 
to harness digital as part of their recovery efforts coming out of the pandemic. You know, the news tells us that everyone's focus is on getting those waiting lists down. How does digital help that? And then um, looking to the future and the future structure of the NHS, how how do we support integrated care boards to um, align their digital priorities and collaborate to deliver their ambitions? So, you know, we know that there are changes in the wider landscape. So we've got to support everyone to deliver on those. Definitely some exciting things ahead. But yeah, that's the digital boards programme, which has been a fantastic success. I'd like to congratulate you on, on that so Thank far. Thank you. Well, it's a, an amazing team effort. And I think... It's it's worth you know also pointing out the the fabulous support we've had from Public Digital who've been the partner in delivering it, but also the 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 financial support from Health Education England and the partnership with NHS X you know has been really really important. Speaking a bit more generally now, of course, it has been a tough time with the pandemic over the last few years, and I'm sure NHS providers have there's been some challenges and obstacles that you've had to overcome, no doubt. So. Could you give us a little insight of kind of what kind of challenges you've had to overcome? So I think we'd, we'd see challenges on a number of levels, really. But kind of if we keep it a bit into staying in the digital arena as well as more broadly, I think that yeah. one of the challenges for us as an organisation and also for our members has has been this huge, how the whole environment just changed overnight. There's been massive change in need and what members need from us which has had a knock-on effect for us in terms of being responsive to their needs throughout the pandemic we're a membership organization that's our fundamental role is to adapt to the needs of our members and help to meet those needs um so we found new ways of supporting trust leaders as i mentioned earlier pivoting a lot of our our work to online and and one of our critical roles is is about giving members trust leaders the headspace to discuss what they are facing and to share learning with each other so that they can really speed up that learning curve and actually digital sits front and center in terms of what what was really different about the pandemic and and what happened in in a kind of spectacular way was the digital adoption that we saw and I think that this has meant that digital is the light at the end of the tunnel for many trust leaders and their staff, in particular in terms of focusing on transformation and also sustainability of services. We know that digital can be way more efficient in terms of time and finances. So that's been a really important factor. And I suppose finally, one of the other uh, challenges that we've had to overcome is being able to kind of keep our finger on the pulse Um when the external environment has changed so rapidly and and to sort of support members through all of the changes they're facing, including in the national digital landscape. So even with the backdrop of the pandemic, we've seen huge changes, both in the structure of the organisations that support digital across the NHS. So the merger recently announced of NHS X and NHS Digital into the NHS England setup. Um, following the Wade Geary review and also some of the earlier chain um, announcements that we saw things like what good looks like guidance and who pays for what coming from NHSX they've been really important developments and really important steps forward and we've been really pleased that that we've been closely involved 
with with NHSX in the development of of those proposals because they're really really critical for the NHS. I think we kind of touched on this next question a little bit already, but looking back at all the fantastic work you and the entire team have done, especially over the last few years, what's kind of the one thing that stands out to you as when you look back? You're kind of the most most proud of that. What stands well, out for you? Well, I think when we when we look at what we have done to support trusts through the pandemic, the step change in delivery of our support on the digital agenda to trusts, I think is is really, really um, fundamental. So I would say that we went from a place of of understanding the importance of the digital agenda, but not really intervening heavily to having actually transformed our own operation in order to support trusts with their digital transformation. So for me, that's a really, really big and important success. And I'm very proud of of everyone in the organisation who's helped to deliver that. And I'm very proud of what our members have done, all those trusts up and down the country to to actually embrace digital transformation and continue to deliver services through one of the most challenging times. Yeah, absolutely. Let's look ahead then, of course, and on the horizon is our flagship event, Digital Health Rewired, taking place on the 15th and 16th of March at the Business Design Centre in London. We're delighted that you'll be there on on day one. I'm going to ask you firstly about the on the digital transformation stage, uh, you'll be a speaker at 9.55am, we've got on our schedule. Um, it's still a few weeks away, so maybe you can't yet, but without giving too much away, could you give us a little sneak preview of kind of what your session will be about on the digital transformation stage and the kind of messages you want to convey? So, yes, and we have already been thinking about this, but I won't give too much away, as you say, but I think... <laughs> Firstly, I want to say how delighted I am that it's going to be a face-to-face event. Um, yes. You know, after all of these years of of being so distant from everyone, you know, the Zoom interface is fantastic, isn't it? But um, you yeah. know, to be face-to-face will be will be brilliant. So, um, in terms of the session that will be coming up on that on that first day of the event, we we are going to be looking at how how we use digital to help what is already going on in trusts so help help them to think about their recovery and to secure long-term sustainability so where what's the role of digital in living with covid long term in tackling the elective backlogs what's the role of digital in terms of something that's really come to the fore in terms of health inequalities and also what role does digital play in terms of the workforce? So, you know, how do we boost workforce morale with with digital systems that really work rather than them becoming a source of frustration? Um, And we know, for example, that actually really effective digital infrastructure is something that helps trust attract staff. So in, in a really difficult recruitment environment that's that's an extra feather in the cap thinking about the role of of digital so that's that's just one one element of what we'll be talking about where we'll range across recovery sustainability so how do we how do we look at the role of digital in 
in supporting trust to meet demand. So things like remote monitoring and how do we look at digital in terms of the reputation of the NHS, because that's something that comes under consistent scrutiny. So is the NHS in a place um, digitally that the rest of the services that society uses are? So, you know, we know that people have started to use the NHS app, but are all NHS services in that same place? People are so used to shopping online, banking online, but they're not used to doing their healthcare online. So thinking about that, that whole issue around um, reputation as well. That sounds very interesting. I'm certainly looking forward to it. It's my, on a personal level, my first rewired having only joined Digital Health in November. So very much looking forward to that event. Of course, that's not the only time that we'll see you on day one. The national policy stage as well. The digital boards panel with Tom Loosemore, you're chairing that, I believe. So what can we expect from this kind of digital boards panel session? So what we're going to do on the digital boards panel session, we're delighted that Tom Loosemore is going to be there. Um, And what we're going to do is really showcase how the digital boards programme has driven digital progress across a number of trusts who've been part of our programme. So we're going to be... um, talking to a number of those trusts so we've got Chesterfield Royal, Hampshire Hospitals, Tees Eskham Weir Valleys and also Torbay and South Devon trusts all coming along to talk about their digital journey and hopefully people listening in will or actually not just listening in the people there in the audience will be able to participate and hear practical advice for successful digital transformation from these trust leaders and also learn how other people have navigated some really common challenges so that they can speed up their learning curve. That sounds all really good. And so I'd just like to echo as well that we're very much looking forward to it being in person. It will be nice, won't it, to, to not just stare at a screen, as you said. So totally, yeah, we look forward yeah. to that in the middle of March. Moving on then, and in a piece you wrote at the end of last September for your blog, which could be found on the NHS providers website, you emphasised that tackling health inequalities must be a fundamental priority for the NHS. I remember doing public affairs actually in the first year of my university journalism course and a phrase that always stuck in my head was postcode lottery of healthcare. Kind of some areas are receiving better care than maybe other more deprived areas. So how can this issue be addressed in particular? What role can digital and technology play in helping to tackle health inequalities? Yeah, well, I mean, health inequalities is an absolutely fundamental issue. And I think I mentioned earlier that the pandemic has shown us how detrimental a lack of equality in access to healthcare and also in um, not just the access to healthcare, but also in people's life experience and how that makes them more susceptible to certain conditions, including COVID, which we saw um, through um, frontline NHS staff. We also saw in terms of different parts of the community being a lot more susceptible to COVID. And we've it's absolutely clear that we've got to find our way through and tackle health inequalities. And I think digital has the potential to play a key role in a number of ways. Firstly, through tackling that digital divide. So, um, you know, digital digital ways of working have been really much more prevalent and more common since the pandemic. But um, 
we do know that that digital exclusion is is a fundamental issue. So one of the things we've got to make sure that we do, particularly through trust leaders, is make sure that digital inclusion is on the agenda. So how can how can we make sure that everyone can access services digitally in the way that they need to? And if that isn't possible, how are we providing different types of access to services with an equal experience? Because that's fundamental to making sure that we are tackling that digital divide. And then kind of flipping the, the issue of digital and thinking about data, digital ways of working and improved data collection can really help us have better insights and better understanding of population level health disparities, help us identify areas of need, and that can then be turned into action which can tackle health inequalities. So I think the data piece of digital, as well as the service transformation and delivery piece of digital, is is really important. You've worked in the healthcare sector since 2007, and I'm sure you've seen clear digital transformation in healthcare across the UK and NHS in that time. But what more overall do you think needs to be done to kind of continue this momentum, I suppose, before we reach a level where we're really utilising everything that technology has to offer? So what are your predictions as well on kind of what will actually happen in the coming years? Is that momentum going to carry on? Could it (laughs) fall off a little bit? I think the whole of the health and care system is squarely behind digital transformation. I think that the public sector is squarely behind digital transformation is top of the government's agenda and I'm pretty sure will be top of future government's agenda so it's not going away that momentum will remain I think that in terms of predictions well nobody likes to predict but if I'm forced to I think that I would say that that what we need to see so it's a it's a demand rather than a prediction but yeah. you know we've got to see a, a greater alignment between digital um digital strategies and broader improvement strategies um to make best use of those so that when we think about improvement we're thinking digital when we think about digital transformation we're thinking about an organization's wider improvement strategy Obviously, the key challenge of interoperability and data sharing is there, particularly as the landscape of the NHS changes and we see integrated care systems placed on a statutory footing. So these bringing together of different parts of the health and care and public sector into one structure, interoperability is going to be absolutely critical. And then the final bit is a people bit, really, which is you know, we've absolutely got to expand and strengthen that community of digital leaders who are coming together to collaborate, to share their learning and to solve problems together, because I think that is the way forward. It's bringing people together that brings the innovation and brings the the big leap forward that we need to see um, for the digital agenda, which by extension is the health and care agenda. Final question, really, before before we wrap up, and that's kind of looking forward. What is kind of generally what's on the horizon for NHS providers? What do what do you and the team maybe want to achieve that maybe you haven't yet done? What kind of what kind of things coming up that you're looking at? So I think that in in the immediate term, I would say on on the digital agenda, we absolutely need to help 
boards, trust boards as leaders of those organisations use digital to work as part of their recovery efforts. We know we've got, you know, we've got waiting times in hospitals, waiting lists in hospitals of around 6 million. We know that we've got 1.6 million people on the mental health waiting list. We know that community services are incredibly challenged. We know that Ambulance trusts really struggle with deployment and handover weights um, between, you know, getting people to hospital and being able to hand them over into A&E departments. So we've got big challenges there. And we know that digital in the immediate term has to be part of that recovery. I've talked a lot about the relationship between digital transformation and quality improvement, but I think I think that's one of the other areas for the short to medium term where we really need to capitalise on what people are already doing and kind of embed that into a future way of working. And and then, you know, we also want to work with the national structures as well to work on trusts, digital maturity. It's an important part of what trusts are looking at. You know, how do they get to a level of experience and competence um, and work within the existing frameworks there's an important economic point here. So how do we demonstrate the impact and value for money of digital investment? And fundamentally, which is a bit of what we've been doing today, but I think we need to do more of, how do we make sure that digital is a mainstream topic of conversation when we're talking about service delivery, service transformation and sustainability? Because if it's not, then we are missing a very big trick and we wouldn't want to do that. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, definitely sustaining that momentum and, and keeping digital as the top of the conversation. I think, yeah, couldn't agree more with that. That is key. Right, we've come to the end of the show, I think. Saffron, thank you so much for, as I said, taking time out of your busy schedule to come and join me on Digital Health Unplugged. It's really appreciate absolutely it. been my pleasure. And um, thank you for inviting me. And I'm I'm really looking forward to the event face-to-face seeing people in real life and and having that really good conversation with people when they come along thank you absolutely yeah we can't we can't wait for that as well thank you everyone for listening and tuning into the podcast we're available on all your favorite podcast platforms spotify apple Podcasts, to name a few we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode as we edge closer to rewired until then take care listening to digital health unplugged we hope you enjoyed this episode for more follow us on spotify apple podcasts or your favorite podcast platform and to find out about our latest news and events head to our website digitalhealth.net